Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I talk with Joshua Becker on overcoming distractions to pursue a more meaningful life and how to focus on things that really matter. We talk about how distractions and disruptions add up to make you feel restless, tired and unfulfilled. We also talk about practical ideas and examples for letting go of those distractions to really focus on what matters most. We also discuss the benefits of minimalism for mental health. And now, on to today's podcast. Life can be hard and it's easy to feel stressed, anxious and out of control. What if there was a way to take back control? What if there was a practical way to detox your brain? This is now possible with NeuroCycle, the first ever scientifically tested brain detox app shown to help reduce an anxiety and depression by up to 81%. Users are guided through a variation of audio and video, brain exercises and mind management lessons every day. I'm excited to share some of the latest features in the app, including guides for children and parents, detailed feedback and recommendations, written guides through days 22 through 63 of the NeuroCycle, and an easy way to track your progress. There are over 500,000 NeuroCycle users worldwide, and the app has helped change thousands of lives, including people trying to find purpose in life, overcoming fear, better sleep, improved relationships, managing intrusive thoughts, depression and anxiety, and so much more. NeuroCycle is for everybody. No matter who you are, what you've been through, what you do, you have an incredible mind and brain that is always on and needs to be managed so that you can live your best both mentally and physically. This app is designed for individuals, couples, families, businesses or corporations, for everyone, everywhere. Join us by committing just a few minutes a day and see how your life is transformed. In just 63 days, you will have begun rewiring your brain for a happier and healthier life. Download the NeuroCycle app today and start changing your life one thought at a time. Just look for NeuroCycle on the iTunes App Store or Google Play or visit NeuroCycle.app. The link and more information will be in the show notes. Welcome to my podcast, Joshua. I'm really in- going to enjoy talking to you about this incredibly important topic. You've written a book, Things That Matter, Overcoming Distraction to Pursue a More Meaningful Life. And we definitely are in the age of distraction not that distractions are anything new, but I just think we've forgotten how to manage them. So I find your book very, very pertinent, very relevant for our current age. And I am just, before, after you've introduced yourself, there's a couple of things I want to just read to the, to the audience that I think are amazing. So welcome. Tell my audience a little bit more about you. They've heard your intro and bio a little bit, but it's always nice to hear from the person themselves. Yeah, so good to be here. Thanks so much. Sure. I do think it is an important conversation about how do we live lives that lives that we can be proud of when we get to the end of them. And by that, I mean, not lives where we're going to make no mistakes, obviously, but lives where we get to the end, we, we have fewer regrets because we chose to pursue those things that are important and those things that actually matter. And so certainly the book is about two steps, you know, number one, about identifying what things matter and, and what things are most important. And then number two, overcoming all of the distractions that our society throws at us that often keeps us from pursuing those things in the long run. So I have a wife and two kids and I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona, US. So it's good to be with you. Wonderful. So great to have you with us. And I think what's really important about what you're saying is that when I when I was going through your book and preparing for this interview, I felt like, yeah, you know, I know this, but are we applying this in our life? You know, so it's really great to have this inner 
a format where we can just draw people's attention to it. So it's really great. I wanted to read a couple of things. The first thing was a quote by Seneca on the shortness of life. I thought this was, that's beautiful. I love this quote. One of my favorites. I want to just read it. You've got it on, on in your, just at your, I think it's your intro, chapter one. We are not given a short life, but we make it short. And we are not ill-supplied, but wasteful of it. Life is long if you know how to use it. It's just profound and it really summarizes your book. So would you talk a little bit about, you know, why you chose that particular saying by Seneca, who's a philosopher, and how this launched you into this, it's literally page one, chapter one and launched you into this whole book. There were three stories that, that really came together in my life that kind of became the, the framework and the thinking behind the book. The book wasn't written for another 10 years, but I read an article or I noticed an article back in 2009 by a nurse named Bronnie Ware. She was in Australia and she had worked with dying patients for years and years. And so she wrote an article called Top 5 Regrets of the Dying, based on the different conversations that she had had with so many patients over, over the end of their lives. And the article, what was fascinating about the article, number one, the, the five regrets are fascinating, but was even, what was even more fascinating to me was how popular the article became. I mean, it got shared millions and millions of times. Every major media outlet in the world covered it. It was a topic that resonated with people. People were drawn to it. Even as I say, top five regrets of the dying, everyone wants yeah. to know what's, exactly. what's on the list. We're all waiting. We're all waiting for you to tell us. <laughs> yeah, because none of us want to reach the end of our lives with, with a lot of regrets. Around that same time, my grandfather, who was early 90s, perfectly healthy, he lived to be just shy of 100. He called me into his office and asked me to play a part in his funeral showed me what part he wanted me to play and what he wanted me to read and asked me to say a few words. And it was a, a life-changing conversation because I sat across the desk from someone who not only had planned out his funeral, but didn't face death with fear, not just not fear of the afterlife, but not fear in that he had wasted his life, like he talked about the life he had lived and what he had focused on and how he had lived a life, he didn't use these words, but how he had devoted his life towards things with meaning, so much so that he could get to the end of his life and just recognize death is the next step that's that's going to happen. And so that Bronnie Ware article, wow. that conversation with my grandfather where I just began asking how like how do I get to that side of the desk? How do I get to the mm. end of my life proud of how I proud of how I lived? And then I ran across that Seneca quote sometime about that about that same time. And you stop short of the the one sentence where he says, you know, life is long enough if you know how to use it, but when life is wasted on heedless luxury and spent on no good activity, we are forced by death's final constraint to realize it passed away before we knew it was passing. And that really became the the driver behind the book. What are these no good activities and what are these heedless luxuries that when we spend our lives focused upon them, life passes by before we even knew it was passing? Wow, that's amazing. That is so fascinating. Okay, I want, I want, what a lovely, st I mean, what a lovely way to sort of birth a book and birth a concept. Your grandfather, did he, the sort of things that he said, did they align with what that nurse said? Was there similarity? And can you just tell, talk about those five regrets and 
link it into your grandfather's conversation, perhaps? Yes and no. I mean, I, I there were there were actually some regrets. It's in the the top five regrets. If I can get them off the top of my head, I wish I'd stay in touch with friends. I wish I had been more courageous to express my feelings. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I had enjoyed life more. And now I forget the fifth one. Shoot, I shouldn't have Don't tried worry. to do them. No, no problem. It's you. That's good that you remembered four. So, <laughs> yeah, I wish I had courage to live my own life. Maybe I mentioned that one already. Those were the five. And yeah. so certainly there were some that, that aligned with, with my grandfather, courage to live his own life. He, he was always loving, compassionate and kind and stayed in touch with people. So, so that was also true. But it was more of he had devoted his life to the things that were most important to him and, and the things that were most significant in his heart and in his soul. And he hadn't been swayed by by culture, you know, didn't take the bait so much to say as what society offers and what culture offers and says that we should be living our lives for, but didn't take the bait in that way and, and stayed true to things that actually matter. That's so fantastic. I love that. That's amazing. I want to just read something from the back of your book, kind of because that launches us, this so beautifully launches us into what you talk about. In the book, resisting distractions is a battle worth fighting. So we've really laid the nice foundation for that. And you say every around you are distractions. We know that the text you respond to quickly just to get it out of the way, the newest money-making side hustle to cross your mind, the evening spent organizing your overflowing kitchen cupboards, disruptions are the enemies of a, of a life well lived, both the new distractions of our generation and timeless ones that have existed for centuries. They all add up to make you feel restless, tired, and unfulfilled much of the time. They keep you from living with joy, from accomplishing the good that only you can do, but that can change today. And then you basically launch into, in this book, Things That Matter, into the eight distractions. So is that a good place to go now, just to maybe give people an overview of those eight distractions and how you've laid it out in the book so it's easy for people to access the information? Yeah, sure. You know, I think when, when people hear the... When people hear the title, Things That Matter, Overcoming Distraction to Pursue a More Meaningful Life, their first thought is, oh, good, because I need to put my phone away more often. And certainly, to, as you'll mention, technology is technology and the trivial is definitely one of the distractions that we need to fight to overcome. But it's actually the last chapter in the book. And I think when people pick up the book, they find that, hey, I'm actually wrestling with pretty deep much deeper issues and, and much deeper distractions like the, you know, the, the pursuit of, I mean, the distraction of past mistakes in our lives or the distraction of money and what that can become. And so anyway, I'll, uh, I'll leave it up to you to, to go through them. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you. And no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare all the things that weren't working and said enough. And they made booking a great doctor surprisingly stress-free. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find or book a doctor. I have used the app to book doctor's appointments, dental checkups, you name it. It has been so great, especially when I visit a new town or city and I need to find an appointment on the go. It is so easy to read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. With ZocDoc, you know that when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who really gets you. All you have to do is go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time 
and slot where, whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're booked. It's so easy to find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. Just go to ZocDoc.com leaf and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash leaf. ZocDoc.com slash leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. No, Joshua, I think that's so good. And, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because, as you say, it's just like it's almost overspoken, the technology. So like, I, I didn't want to make this about another technology podcast. And that's why I'm so glad you actually referenced that because it's the, it was kind of going to be, oh, by the way, yes, t- technology, because we just yep. know. Let's talk about the deep stuff because technology yeah. is just our current in the face thing. But there's other stuff that's timeless that you talk about and your grandfather referenced and what that nurse kind of, you know, summarized. Those are way deeper things than the technology, which, you know, is more of a, you know, it's there, it's a problem. But when you address the other things, I think that will fall into place. And oftentimes it's technology is the symptom of of some of the some of the exactly. other distractions that we're chasing. So go ahead, sorry. I like that. No, no, no. That's fantastic. I love that. Okay, mm-hmm. so in part one, you talk about the objective and the ob- obstacles, and you talk about. I mean, there's so much here, but I I like the distracted from meaning that grab because we can't go through everything. So I'm going to pick out things that I know my audience is going to love. Distracted from meaning is your title, and letting the lesser crowd out the greater. Can you speak to that as as a distraction? The reality is that we. We only get one life and we all have limited resources in the one life that we have. We all have limited money. We have limited time. We have limited energy. We have limited focus. We even have limited decision-making abilities. We have limited time with our kids. Like, Like all of life has to fit within these boundaries. And what often happens is we get told from the world, from culture, society, all the things that we should be filling into, into this world. You, you, you should be buying the, the new clothes. You need to be chasing the bigger house. You need to be on this social media platform. You need to be watching this television show. You need to be reading this book. Like, you need to be involved here and involved there. And we, we just get constantly told all these things. And in many ways, when we add too much into our lives or when we begin pursuing too many things with our lives, it is the, the most important things that, that get pushed out they get pushed out first. The old illustration of putting the the big rocks in the jar first before filling it with with a bunch of little things, a bunch of little rocks and a little sand. And so that's kind of the point that that I was trying to get to. And it really lays, you know, I think a, a healthy foundation for the for the book that when we add too many lesser things, when we add lesser pursuits, it often distracts us from the most meaningful things. I like that. Can you give an example from your life of how this has maybe changed? And how that impacted your mental well-being. My whole life online or what I'm, what I'm most known for writing about is minimalism in terms of physical possessions and specifically owning less stuff. And I was introduced to minimalism 13 years ago on a Saturday morning when I was cleaning out my garage. My son was five and my 
My garage cleaning project just ended up taking hours. One thing led to another and I'm off chasing this and trying to sort this around. And like, it was just, I was just wanted to spring clean my, my garage, but it ended up taking most of the day. Meanwhile, my, my five-year-old son was begging me to play with them the entire time. And I struck up a conversation with my neighbor. I st- complaining a little bit about how many hours we put into cleaning out our garage and just the, how the project had kind of spiraled out of control. And and she said, you know, that's why my daughter's a minimalist. She keeps telling me I don't need to own all this stuff. And I remember looking at this pile of things in my driveway, like all the things I had bought, all the things I had kept, all the things that I was cleaning and organizing. And I realized that not only were those things not making me happy, but they were actually taking me away from the very thing that that did bring me happiness as I could see my son swinging alone on the swing set in the backyard. And so it's just a, an example of like physical possessions aren't evil in and of themselves, but when we when we constantly chase them, when we constantly accumulate them, we can accumulate so many that they actually distract us from things of bigger meaning. So that's a, a pretty, a pretty significant story and an easy and an easy one for picture to people, easy yeah. one for people to picture. Absolutely. So did your life change from that day? Did you, did you change around? Did you get, did you throw out your garage? Did you, the, the stuff in your garage, did, did things change in your home after that? I'm, I'm interested to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got rid of 60, 70% of our stuff, just the things that we, things that we didn't need. My daughter was two years old at the time. And as soon as I started removing that distraction of physical possessions, not just how many I owned, but always constantly wanting more, like that's as much of a distraction as, as, needing to clean out our garage and clean out our basement, just always wanting to buy more and more and more. Yeah, I found, you know, it freed up money for for more important things. It freed up, resulted in less stress in my life, more time with my family. I feel like I became a better example for my kids. Just even like inner well-being of more mm-hmm. gratitude and more generosity and and more contentment and and less comparison. And it's pretty pretty unbelievable what happens when when we remove that distraction of possessions from our lives. I love that. I, and I can attest to that as well. You know, it was, we moved from South Africa to the States and we had this enormous house in South Africa that was, my husband was in the building industry. We built our dream home and it was just gigantic and four kids and we had so much stuff. And when we, when we left, I, you know, we just kept giving stuff away and giving stuff away and the house never seemed to empty. It was just unbelievable. We had truckloads of stuff. And you sort of think, how in, on earth, my kids are young then, how on earth did we manage to get so much stuff? And so starting fresh in this country was, you know, that experience that you say, that sense of peace, that sense of care. And, and even, and so it really impacted me. That's why I was so fascinated with your, you know, wanted to, to dig a little deeper and get an example, because I totally agree. It, it gives you a sense of peace. And now when mm-hmm. there's clutter around me, it really, but I have to, I have to get rid of it. So I don't know if that, if you found that as well, definitely is that physical, too much stuff around me definitely affects how I'm functioning. So I'm just interested, that's why I was asking, has that, does that affect you as well when you see that? I know it's a physical thing and it's an external, but it has an internal effect on me. So I don't know if you found that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, every 
every physical possession around us is a is a bit of visual distraction is is how i is how i explained it i was reading an article one time and compared our physical surroundings a little bit to to like sneaking up on a rabbit or sneaking up on a fly and even though you're behind the rabbit the rabbit somehow knows you're there yeah, uh, because yeah. just as just as animals like they're constantly scanning their surroundings even if you don't see them you know, turning their head to do that or consciously looking at everything around them, just subconsciously we're scanning. And so we do the same thing. And so just look around your room and think about how many times is that called for my attention. And it's just visual, visual noise, I think is the the best way that that I explain it. And the fewer physical things around us, the, the more we're able to to focus and have less stress. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I love that. I love that. That's so. That, that's the the visual noise. Then that that can is a is a nice pivot over to, to looking at some of the other aspects of of distraction because you think you talk about the physical there, but how it reflects on the internal. That very often because people that, for example, have a hoarding issue and that kind of thing, it's always because there's some internal issue. So let's let's dive now a little deeper. And you have dreams overshadowed, overcoming distraction of past mistakes. Or I want to jump down to. I know that's the paralyzed will. Maybe let's briefly talk about that, the paralyzed will, and then I'd love to talk about the distraction of happiness and applause. You've kind of spoken about the possession one already. We jumped down to part three. But let's yeah, let's let's start with the paralyzed will, and it's maybe fear and past mistakes, because that can really consume us and how that can actually become this clutter in our minds. And this podcast is very appropriate to talk about that because this podcast is called Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. So that kind of goes to, you know, your work goes to cleaning up the mental mess. So Yeah. You know, there's a whole chapter on fear, which was yeah. fascinating for me to to learn about. And and it's true. If the most important things that we're gonna accomplish in life usually require us to be brave and usually require us to to be courageous. And so, you know, not letting fear become a distraction in our lives can really because it can really hold back our potential. But the other chapter, and it was really by far the the most heartbreaking, I think, of of all the we did a survey. I did a nationwide survey for the for the book. And when we got the survey results back, the I always say the most heartbreaking result. We ask people, are there past mistakes in your life that keep you from living the life that you want today? And 60% of people said that there are mistakes in their past that keep them from living the life they want today. And 55% of people said that there was a past mistake committed against them. So not something that they did, but 
something that someone else or nature did to them that keeps them from living the life that they want today. And man, that is a lot. That's a lot of people who feel like they they can't live the life they want. They're not able to live the life they want or have the future they want because of something in their past. And I mean, you would know better than I would. Like, there's no easy answers to not. to overcoming this. But the first step, for sure, is to is to turn back and and face some of those mistakes and and face some even some of those evils that might have been done to us and recognize what they are and begin the process and begin the steps of of over uh, overcoming them because man there's so much potential in in your life and that's just so much potential in in people's lives not just not just for their own personal happiness but how much they could be accomplishing for other people and how much good they could be bringing into the world if we would begin taking those steps. So yes, the the distraction of regret and the distraction of uh, past mistakes, whether we did them or someone else did them to us is a big one. Very interesting because it's interesting how you've pitched them as a distraction because people will look at those as traumas impacting how they how they function and to have a, to sort of almost reconceptualize them as yes, they are traumas and it does impact how you function and we can reconceptualize it, but to also see them additionally as distractions to your sense of inner peace or your sense of which, and as soon as you have that sense of inner peace, the most natural flow, art flow is going to be to reach out to others and to you know, extend kindness and, and compassion and empathy and that kind of thing. But when we so caught up with distractions, those levels of empathy and compassion and distraction will drop off, won't they? I mean, this is a kind of a natural thing because we're so caught up in that clutter you can't see the wood for the trees and it becomes a spiral where we yeah because one of the key steps i think in overcoming that trauma is is beginning to help others and and beginning to serve others and seeing that we still have worth and we still have value and that regardless of what we've gone through we can still play an important part in the world and we can still help others and and the more we do that then you know the more our self-esteem grows and and the higher view we take of ourselves and the less the the trauma begins to define us and i always think when people get to this chapter on regret and past mistakes they're like okay this isn't a book just about putting down my phone this is a book that's you know really going to really going to cause me to to rethink the way i've been living and and what's maybe holding me back and that's why i wanted our conversation to go in this direction because yeah. we just all know about the the, the technologies you had to put it in i mean it's it is a factor but these are the you know, we've got to get these other factors because the technology, as you've said in the beginning, is very often, hey, I've got these distractions. There are these past regret. These are these fears. These are, as you said, 60% of people, 55% of people. They, the, the, and, and I can tell you from my work too that this is, I totally corroborate what you're saying. This is what's holding, it's a distraction that's holding us back. So if we can, a distraction controls us until we control it. And I think mm. that's also what I'm reading in your book is you may not have verbalized it like that, but it is, it's, it's, it's having, it's got its claws in you. And if you can start seeing them, you see from the neuroscience that the minute we become aware of something and start not just being aware, awareness alone is not enough. You've got to go beyond awareness and you, you know, you've got to land the plane, but you start getting empowered to get control. And, you know, you may not be able to fix everything and you can't change the stories of the past because they've happened, but you can change how they play out into your future. You know, so that's a, it's a really good point. That, yeah, that's why I right. wanted to go down this road. Let's talk about this, overcoming the distraction of happiness. And the reason I, I really want to talk about that, and I've mentioned this a few times, is because of our happiness culture that we live in, the compare, compete, neoliberalistic, capitalistic society, 
where the external, you've got to be happy and successful. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you and the positive psychology movement. Now, I'm not knocking anything. I am just putting things in perspective. We can't just have one extreme. And, and we live in a very extreme kind of m- mindset in the last sort of 60 years. It seems to have been growing. And this is from the work I've done that I'm seeing this. And I'm interested to hear your opinion yeah. as well. That we seem to have shifted into quick fix, external, quick, fast, satisfy. Give me the five steps. Give me the three steps. Let me see how to get happy. And books about happiness and pursuing happiness have just, I mean, they are like bestsellers because people are desperate. So let's talk about that from your angle, which I really found fascinating. Yeah. So the way I approach it is, and the way I like to think about it is, there are two pursuits that come pretty natural to us. The, The pursuit of self survival at its most basic instinct and you know that we're we're going to pursue not oh not well we're going to yeah we're going to we're going to pursue ourselves in some ways and then there is the pursuit of happiness which i guess is in our declaration of independence right like like yeah. it's pretty common to us and i i think it's probably pretty common to all mankind, mankind throughout mm-hmm. all the ages the problem i think becomes when we confuse the pursuit of self and the pursuit of happiness, and we think that we're going to fulfill the pursuit of happiness in the pursuit of self, in the more I get for myself, the happier I'm going to be. When in reality, almost all the positive psychology studies, like all the studies and all the research show that People who live selfless lives are the ones who end up being, have the the highest levels of well-being and fulfillment and peace and and happiness or however they want to, however they want to define that. And so the problem isn't necessarily that, that we're trying to pursue happiness. I think the problem is that we're just pursuing it in places that seem like they're going to deliver happiness, but they never actually do. And rather than thinking, okay, it's not that money isn't making me happy. It's not that, you know, having a lot of social media followers, it's not that, you know, having specific body image isn't, isn't bringing me happiness. It's just that I, I don't have enough money or I haven't worked enough on my body or I haven't tried the right diet or I haven't tried the the next quick fix to to the different things rather than seeing actually what I need to do is once I start volunteering, once I start serving, once I become more generous, once I start giving myself to other people, that this is where I start to find real lasting happiness. And so I'm not against the pursuits and I do a Put a bunch of research and a bunch of studies in in that chapter that that kind of prove this point. What what I'm just trying to say is that we we're looking for it in in all the wrong places, and we're kind of selling ourselves short a little bit of where we could find real lasting happiness. Are you feeling irritable or anxious? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you have a lot of muscle cramps or twitches? Are you constipated sometimes? There are dozens of symptoms of magnesium deficiency. So these are just a few of the most common ones. It is estimated that four out of five Americans are magnesium deficient and almost everyone is at suboptimal levels. This is a big problem because magnesium is involved in more than 600 biochemicals reactions in your body. Now, here's what most people don't know. 
Taking just any magnesium supplement won't solve your issues because most supplements use the cheapest kinds that your body can't use or absorb. That's why I exclusively recommend Magnesium Breakthrough. It's the only full-spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually use and absorb. When you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded. From your brain, to your sleep, to a reduction in pain, inflammation, and better stress management. And here comes the best part. The makers of Magnesium Breakthrough, Bio-Optimizers, are having an incredible Black Friday special offer from November 21st to the 29th. You can get not only Magnesium Breakthrough, but all of Bio-Optimizers' best-in-class products for 25% off. Bio-Optimizers only offers this discount once a year, so don't miss out. Just go to www.biooptimizers.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and enter the code Dr. Leaf 10 to get 25% off any order. This is the best time to stock up on the products you love and try new ones. That is www.biooptimizers.com forward slash Dr. Leaf with the code Dr. Leaf 10 to get 25% off any order from November 21st to 29th. Want these products sooner? No problem. Is always 10% off for my listeners with the code DrLeaf10 at www.biooptimizers.com forward slash DrLeaf. Order now while supplies last. The link and details will be in the show notes. Very good. And I think that also just to add to that is it's sort of the misunderstanding perhaps or just the misrepresentation or whatever of the quantity so that like I'm a human and in order to feel to be successful, I should be happy all the time. Meanwhile, the research also shows that that is not realistic, that moderate happiness is actually healthier because you embrace all of your emotions as a human and that develops your character. So the, the sadness and the, you know, the regret and the noticing the, the suffering of others, that's very much part of what we, that will make you not feel happy. What you read a sad story and you read something that's happened to someone, that response of, of, of responding to that is an important part of our character development. So it's almost like you don't have to be happy 100%. There's nothing wrong with being happy. It's a great part of you, but it's not 100% of the time. But we've got to be able to get the... So the dist- I think the distraction comes in and that, as you say, looking for the external validation of happiness or the external finding of happiness and it pursuing for a long period of time. And if I don't, there's something mentally wrong with me. If I'm not yeah. always in one of those positive states... You know, that's a, where the balance comes in. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty brand new thinking that life should be easy and and life should be yes. happy. You know, but yes. all of humankind mostly has been life life is a struggle and and this whole thinking that it, it should be easy should be easy all the time is yeah can be very modern. Yeah, you're quite right. I'm I'm very glad you mentioned that. Okay, so let's talk about overcoming the distraction of applause, which is kind of related. Talk to us about that. From happiness, I talk about distraction of money, then the distraction of possessions. Then I get to the the distraction of accolades, praise and applause. And it's one that I I can see myself struggling with quite a bit and and even mentioned in the book that this is probably the one that that trips me up more than more than any others. And I, I usually trace it back to to childhood. I, I had a twin brother and a, amazing parents and loving, stable family that, that loved all of us the same. But my brother was bigger and taller and he started on the football team in high school and I played on the JV tennis team. And so just naturally that he would get more attention at family reunions and he was in the paper and and I wasn't. And 
I feel like I've I've spent my entire life trying to trying to like make up for that and and I want applause and and accolades and I want people to to think that that I'm doing really well and I'm accomplishing a lot of things because I don't know, I feel like I'm making up from something from when I was 14 years old still, <laughs> which is interesting. But the the reality is, you know, when we there's nothing inherently wrong with attention and Mm-mm. and praise and and we all need it to some extent. But when we start chasing that, we start cutting corners sometimes. I think sometimes chasing applause means that we steal energy and time from from things that that are more meaningful and and more significant oftentimes ch- pursuing what's meaningful and significant leads to applause but i mean you can just be on any social media site and you can see people doing things just to get likes and and just yeah. to get followers and we might not all try to be social media influencers but maybe we still do the thing to try to get noticed by our spouse or in the little communities that that we're involved in as opposed to quietly putting our head down and and just doing what's important and and doing the hard work and 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 helping other people and and living for others and and letting the letting the praise come as opposed to chasing it instead so I'm hearing you say that the chasing is the distraction and it takes it's that you know it's, you're paying attention to the little stones and the big stone of just developing who you are as a person is going to naturally bring the process and we can get so caught up that we can actually even miss the authentic applause that will naturally come at mm. the right time that we actually can handle and it's more balanced and so on. So yeah, that's really yeah. important. Yeah. Wonderful. This so much plus great it's, wisdom. Plus it's, I'll just mention, plus yes, it's not only is it, not only is it authentic applause, but it's more satisfying applause because we know that we lived a life true to our values and people are noticing that that is so much more joy bringing that helps our well-being so much more than hey people like people are liking my post but that's not really me like i'm i'm being fake just to get people to to say nice things about me those compliments are shallow and don't amount to satisfy. anything don't amount yeah. to anything anyway as opposed to the very authentic praise because we we stay true to ourselves and our heart and soul and mind and that's that's so true i love how you said that so just to sort of round off you you were vulnerable there and explained about your twin brother so obviously this is something you've You've, this distraction you've resolved or you're working on or you're resolving. I think, do we ever really fully resolve anything? We, we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a work in progress. How has that, what, what have you done about that? How have you dealt with that distraction and the relationship with your twin brother and so on? I'm sure everyone's keen to hear that. Yes. Well, number one, I just want to mention, I, I, I love how you said, kind of caught, kind of rephrase that about, you know, not so, these aren't distractions that I think that we, we, we figure out and never have to, to deal with again. I, I even love the title overcoming distraction to pursue a more meaningful life. It's not that we eliminate these distractions and that we never have to wrestle with them, but we struggle with these every single day, probably. And I think that's the the journey of life is to identify what's important, identify what's distracting us from it. And then it's it's worth the battle to overcome those distractions for things that matter. Yeah, my brother and I have always had a, a fine and, and good relationship. And it's always been, I think, more a me issue than, than anything that anyone 
did wrong or or did did incorrectly have i resolved it i hope so is I, you know number one i think just certainly being aware of it being aware of it can can help but it's caution. it's not it's not all that that needs to take place and i think that when you when you decide that you're going to find your fulfillment and you're you're going to find your joy and you're going to find your meaning in living your best life living up to your potential focused on the things that matter to you. I think this is how we begin to overcome any and all of these distractions, including this one. Now, that's excellent. I love how you said that. And I think it's so important because what you're talking about is mind management, which is something I talk about all the time mm. in my work and just cleaning up one's mental mess is an ongoing process. It's kind of, hey, it's okay to be a mess. The fact that you can talk about this, the fact that you can share this on a podcast that thousands of people are going to hear, and you've obviously talked, spoken about this to your brother, you're obviously managing it. So the awareness led to a management, and it's a process, and that in itself is authentic and is a way of managing the distractions. So I really, really like that you used that example, and thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing your wisdom today and encouraging us to take a more minimalistic and less distracted approach to life. So it's really fantastic. So how can people get hold of you and find out more about you and get your book? The book is Things That Matter, Overcoming Distraction to Pursue a More Meaningful Life, and it can be found anywhere and everywhere. And my home base online, my website is becomingminimalist.com. I do a lot of different things online, but that's always the best place to, to find me and what I'm working on. So Fantastic. thank you so much for this. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the work you do. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a great discussion. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for being with me today. Wonderful. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.